from the creators of War Room. You need to do your fighting in prayer. On August 23rd, the Kendrick brothers return to the big screen with Overcomer. Well, I have a season with one runner. One runner matters. John Harrison is a frustrated coach questioning his value until he crosses paths with a student struggling on her own journey. What have you allowed to define you? When you find your identity in the one who created you, it'll change your whole perspective. Overcomer. In theaters August 23rd, starring Alex Kendrick, Priscilla Shirer, and Sherry Rigby. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. For tickets and showtimes, visit OvercomerMovie.com. Is that? That's Hannah. Run, Hannah! Oh, you say I'm what are the insights that teachers know that you don't? Believe me, not much. And today in this episode, I'm going to share some of my top teaching tips, especially for those of you who homeschool. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz and today's episode is all about teaching insider must know information for homeschoolers episode 359. You can find the show notes at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com episode 359. What are the insights that I'm going to share with you? Well, in a minute I've got a bunch of them. Um, again, don't worry about it if you're listening in the car or on an uh, Apple uh, podcast or any other device uh, that you're listening to. Um, we have all the show notes for you. And I want to thank our sponsor, The Movie Overcomer. As we record this episode, the movie isn't out yet until August 23rd, 2019. However, it is not to be missed. And it's already on my list of movies to purchase. An Overcomer dares to leave you filled with hope, inspired to dream, and asks the question, what do you allow to define you? I love it. It is also uh, produced by the Hendrick Brothers, who brought um, some great films, uh, such as Fireproof, and um, I believe it's called Prayer Room. I, I forget the name of that movie, but it was uh, wonderful. So, trick question, are you ready? What is the one thing no educator, no matter what their degree is in, has that you don't have? Do you give up? The answer is you have more love for your kids than any teacher could possibly have. Therefore, you want what is best for your children, and homeschooling is one way that you can be sure your children learn what is most important. And so as I was putting together these teaching tips... I was, you know, drawn to the fact that there are so many different ways to educate, but really, they're just a small, uh, really bulletproof number of ways that you can teach. And so, I'm going to share those with you a bit later. 
If you've decided to homeschool, you've been over the homeschool laws in your state, fielded questions about socialization, yes, your children will be socialized, and done your research. Believe me, homeschool kids don't have the public, private schools, kids' fears of socialization, afraid that they're going to say things uh, that, you know, someone's not going to like. Uh, pretty much the opposite. Our kids uh, don't have a filter, and my five kids have all been uh, very forthcoming. They could talk to adults uh, and friends. I had no difficulty ordering in a restaurant or asking for more ketchup at the counter um, at a fast food place. I used to remember thinking, oh my gosh, they're not expecting me to go up and ask for them. Um, I couldn't do that at their age. And then I realized it was because our home is very nurturing and loving and they were pretty much self-sufficient down to doing their own laundry and cooking eventually. And we made uh, life skills part of their homeschool with chores and responsibilities. Again, something that they were just expected to do. And we can fast forward now and all of my children are now adults. My youngest is actually 19. And while I wish I had done this or that differently, I never regret for one moment that I homeschooled them. In my homeschool journey, I met people who homeschooled for religious reasons, and we didn't start that way, but we ended up that way. And those who wanted their children to know maybe their native language as well as English, or music as a prerequisite to every other subject, or those who played sports or traveled extensively. We met all different kinds of people. We also met people whose sole purpose was for their children to attend an Ivy League college. Every one of those people, no judgments here, had a reason for homeschooling that was unique and different. So just because you're listening to this podcast on teaching doesn't mean you have to agree with every single point I make. And truthfully, I hope you don't. I do know that many of these points will be beneficial to you, and so I'm going to share them with you. The first are just generalized tips on, uh, you know, planning and teaching for your homeschool. And the first is a family statement of faith, either scripture, verse, or a motto. And I have a printable for the month of August. If you're on our mailing list at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network, you will get that for this month. And if you're listening to this later, um, it will be available on my membership site only. We put all of those printables there um, for our, our subscribers to access. But what I will tell you is that this came to me years later when I you know, wanted our family to have something that we could hold on to. And one of our, our life verses was, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so um, you can have a family motto or a scripture that is your family motto and share that with your, with your kids and your family. We have a plaque up um, in our home that reminds us of that. And that also reminds you as a family what your your goal is. Uh, you know, big companies have mottos. And so, again, something important to think about. The second is every day begin with prayer. We prayed. We prayed for others. And we, uh, we would say the Pledge of Allegiance. Someone got to hold the flag each day. When the kids got older, they didn't fight over who could hold the flag. Kind of sad a little bit. And I had it... Um, anchored to our bookshelves. So we would turn and say the pledge. And we got down on our knees every day and we prayed. We were on our knees as a family, even when the kids were older. We also did some basic memory work depending on their age. And I'll share more with you uh, later about that. 
We also had a plan. We had a schedule. We had a list of books we were going to use. And we had goals. Again, something that you wouldn't even think about, you know, like a retirement uh, plan or a uh, goals for a company. You wouldn't even think about having um, a company without these things. And yet sometimes we homeschool and just float, a, a float along without that. The fourth is do not recreate the school in the home. Yes, you can have recess and yes, you can have lunch breaks. But if you try uh, to do this like a schedule from school, it's going to fail. Um, ask me how I know. I did this with the first two kids and found out that it was difficult to get them back in after we did take a recess. Um, however, I will encourage you to make a moving break in between subjects, and it does help to stimulate the brain. I did an interview some time ago um, with a lady from Bridgeway Academy that had some wonderful input as far as that goes, and I'll try to remember uh, to put the link. I don't have a pen right here. Oh, yes, I do. Um, I will put the link in the um, show notes here. And so that is important because it will encourage the children uh, to learn. Uh, no electronics, not even a computer, unless you need it for school. We homeschooled without computers. Um, I know if you're doing um, some kind of online school, you're going to need it. Um, but phones and computers are a distraction. If you don't need it specifically for what you're doing, you can get off on 100 different tangents. Uh, number five here is, and I have my numbers wrong, so I'm <laughs> correcting these as, as we speak here. Um, so number five is organization. Organization is your friend. Again, I did um, a blog post about this and some other podcasts on the topic. You know, be sure to keep a large notebook with samples of your child's work each year. Um, it can be divided into subjects and added on a weekly or every other week basis, and it's going to help make your end-of-the-year evaluation so much easier. Um, even if you do standardized tests, this is something that is wonderful to have and to keep track of. When your children are in high school, if they play D1, D2 ball, um, or whatever it is that they're, they're playing tennis or, or whatever, um, you have to have this information for high school. Again, ask me how I know. I'm going to do a session on... Um, on this uh, later on. And the sixth is how to t um, have time to do school and protect this time from interruption. This is above and beyond a schedule. This is a plan to do school. So when are you going to start? When are you going to end? A lot of times kids don't finish their math or don't finish whatever that subject is, fill in the blank, because there is a not a set time. If your child has trouble doing math in the morning, you know, maybe switch it up to another time and um, if you need to. But whatever that is, you, yes, you can make your schedule, um, you know, change around, but that is important to have a time to do school. And then also, um, what is going to be the recourse if your kids do not get their school done when you had the time to do it? And you need to make a plan with that, get with your, your spouse about that and work it out because, again, that's important. The seventh is planning outings, field trips, or even trips to the dentist, which can be used as a field trip no matter what the age. And if these um, are on a master schedule, it really helps. And that brings us to number eight, which is a year-long schedule. I planned out my year every year, and that meant more than you know just having a, a plan 
you know, with a list of books and things like that. It was covering what subjects we were going to be teaching and, and so forth. I would break up my year with doing history two days a week and science three, and then the next half of the year I would do um, history three days a week and science two, and that was also including a lab when they were in high school. So usually I kept the labs to the time when we did three days a week and tried to get all our lab work done. Many times, especially when they were younger, we were covering two different books per year because we could get through the information quicker. Realize this, homeschool kids tend to go through information at a faster rate, not only because they're more attentive, um, they don't have the distractions, especially if you set up your day correctly, but also because um, you are not you know, filling it with a bunch of other things that uh, tends to happen in classroom settings. And so that is important to have a year-long schedule with some time in here for you to plan, Mom. Um, for example, my daughter has uh, starts school in July, so she can take off the month of December. So plan your year-long schedule so you know when your breaks are going to be. The ninth uh, point is to give your ch- your children a chance to speak in front of the family, and this builds your public uh, your children's public speaking skills. This also is going to help later on. I'm going to share um, a few tips on teaching and how important this one facet is. And the tenth is resources. I loved teaching with charts. And again, more on this later. Real books, biographies. I'm going to do a podcast on teaching with biographies. And having your resources such as this network is amazing. The Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network doesn't just have vintage homeschool moms. But we have a high school podcast, College Prep Genius podcast, Making Biblical Family Life Practical, Homeschool Sanity, Homeopathy with Mommies, and so many more. Um, uh, We have a Finish Well, Homeschooling with Technology, Life as a Life Schooler, uh, Soft Skills, and more shows in the More Show category. So um, there are all of those uh, podcasts can be found on the ultimatehomeschoolpodcastnetwork.com. And again, these are resources that are available for you. All right, now on to teaching techniques. I had an amazing college instructor who taught us to find the answers rather than to memorize the work. While this was important predating the digital age, in our children's case, it's important to understand the information because we can find it at a key click away, right? Someday our kids will have jobs and the idea that we can find everything online is not a good thing. They're going to have to know how to perform their jobs without just going online and finding the answer. If you can't figure something out, sure, you can go look for information on how to do it. But I'm talking about not dumbing down education because I feel like that's what's happened. Teaching is basically easy, and people tend to make it difficult. My recommendations with little kids is lots of hands-on experiential learning. Teaching phonics with a tactile approach, for example, a salt box, is important, as well as teaching some basic math concepts. I cannot tell you how much fun it is if you have little ones that don't have dietary restrictions to be able to teach addition with M&Ms. You will have a very high rate of interest there. Teaching with multiple modalities, pretty much any time is important, like reading, writing, listening, discussing, and even acting or presenting the information. 
While tests are often expected in learning settings, I avoided those and instead used opportunities to test my kids' ability to remember by asking them to do oral presentations. Reading the kids' good books begins when they are tiny, and our family extended this throughout their teen years. We read wonderful series like Little House on the Prairie and so many more, and some of our happiest memories surround reading. Learning is based upon the interest of the child, um, and that can be important, if not exclusive. The interesting information can be presented in a way by the instructor, and that means you parents, that is engaging. If you look at school like a chore, your kids are going to think it is as well. One time my husband came home, and we have a really long driveway, and he used to park his truck way up at the front back in the good old days. Now he parks his stuff closer to the house. But back then, he used to like to park it all the way up front. And then he would walk in, and the little kids would hear his truck and backing up, and they would go running out to greet him. So by the time the kids and dad entered the, the door, um, they, by the time they came in, dad knew all about what had happened that day. One day he comes in and he gives me a kiss and he's, he gives me a wink and I'm thinking, okay, now what did they tell him? And he goes, oh, I hear that uh, the kids had a pop quiz. And the minute he said that, they were all excited, jumping up and down. And later on, he told me, and he had a really hard time not laughing. He goes, how in the world did you make a pop quiz exciting? And I said, oh, it was really easy. I said, guess what, guys? We're going to have a pop quiz. And they were like, really, Mommy? What's that? I go, wait till you hear this. It's so much fun. Get out a sheet of paper and a pencil and come sit over here. And we're going to um, go through some questions and see how many you remember. And so they, we did this, and some of them were really easy, like, you know, number one, you know, what is your middle name? You know, something high uh, interest, something they could do easily, you know, and, and pretty much who doesn't know their middle name, especially when they're in trouble and you're calling them uh, by their middle name half the time, you know. Uh, but anyway, it was, it was so much fun, and, you know, they got most of them right, and they were really excited, and we pinned it to this uh, corkboard I had up in the classroom. So I made a pop quiz fun. I was able to test what they, need, they uh, you know, had just learned that day. Some of it was grammar-based, some of it was science-based, and it was not a uh, multiple-choice, fill-in-the-blank, boring type of work. So friends, you can do things in a way that's engaging to your kids without taking a lot of time away from school. I did a lot of memorization using charts. We had number charts, fraction charts, bird charts, birds of prey charts, state charts, musical instruments in an orchestra, and so many more. I used these each morning or during our breaks from schoolwork in order to break up the day and have a fun activity that they enjoyed. I had this long pointer stick, and I even made up tests that were a list of, for example, the bird chart. I had a whole list of what the birds were. And I pointed to each bird each day, and we took turns, and the kids were far enough away where they couldn't read the fine print. And so they would tell me, you know, what, what all the birds were. And then I, on occasion, um, would have a sibling point them out, and I would mark the ones that they knew. And again, had something for my records that was an exam, quote unquote, without it really being a test. So I'm going to give you some more uh, ways. Or, you know, read the material ahead and give the kids a brief explanation with key points on a marker board. So a lot of times we will just read out of the textbook. That is a surefire way to get the kids totally bored. I know 
especially if you're teaching multiple ages, you're not going to have time to read every single book and make, you know, lesson plans and and do all of this stuff. But you can uh, do a synopsis of what is going to be read or assign that to the children ahead of time and have them give the class, quote unquote, you know, their siblings a synopsis. Um, You can teach and the kids can take notes. They can answer questions orally or by researching it. Uh, The second is to have a student read a book and write a one- or two-page synopsis. My daughter did this in college, and she said it was one of the best ways, if not one of the hardest ways, because you know how it is in college. Every professor thinks you um, only have their class and no other classes, so they pile on the books. And I believe she read seven or eight um, historical books you know, different uh, books for her class, but she had to come up with a one page um, at the most, you know, a little bit over the one page with some references. So that one page synopsis has to be very tight and organized and just get to the heart of the matter. And so kids learn quickly what is important and what's not important and what they're they're learning again, and then they can teach the class what they've learned, which is, you know, what she had to do is do a presentation uh, again, another more, uh, much more amazing thing, and then sh- the presentation could actually be a little bit longer. The third way is incremental, and this would be more of a workbook, textbook kind of way. So, you know, you have books that you read, and then you have workbook or questions that you answer at the end, and and the learning pretty much builds on prior learning. The fourth is unit study. We use this method extensively in our uh, lower grades, and that was. Um, immersed in a topic or subject, uh, whether it was history or science, art, even music, you use that as a focal point, and then you bring in all of the other subjects. The only thing I supplemented when they were younger was a reading program and a math program, uh, and then all through with math. Um, You can study so many different things, areas of interest, and this will really be a blessing to your family. Another way is student-led. The children can explore topics of interest and learn all about it. If it's something that the rest of the family is not interested in, uh, you can assign that to your your child um, separately. And then again, this can be something that they can do for fun. I had a daughter who wanted to write novels, so she did that for fun in the afternoon after she finished her schoolwork, whereas my son was really interested in oceanography and fishing and things like that. So he would go exploring the yard and trying to catch fish and, you know, doing, he had a, a, a fish tank in the garage for many, many years. And that would, these were pond fish that, you know, hopefully didn't die before he put them back in. So kids can do different things that interest them. Um, my other child wanted to learn about engines, and he learned a lot about you know building engines and rebuilding engines, and even started um, fixing lawn equipment for one of the coaches who had uh, a lawn care business, and he had some high-end tools. And when he learned my son could fix these things, he would give them to my son um, after baseball games, and my son would bring them back, and he was like, "This is even great because I don't even have to go pick them up." and you know, my son charged $20 an hour and very rarely did it even take him that long and with very um, inexpensive parts. And he had this thriving little business going, you know, just on the side in high school. Again, a student led something he was interested in. 
And the sixth is performance. Kids learn by teaching others as well as giving oral reports. Make this a key part of your homeschool. Even if you only have one child, bring over friends, do this together, do it in front of the family, do it you know, during family gatherings, and you will be surprised at how much the children will learn. Friends, teaching is from the heart. Teaching our children that you love them, that you want them to learn the things that are important to them, uh, whether it's faith, whether it's a musical instrument, whether it's something that you didn't learn as a kid that you want them to learn. Uh, going on field trips is another way that the kids can learn. And that's another fun activity that you can do. We're going to have a whole uh, you know, a month of podcasts on field trips, actually in the month of October um, on Vintage Homeschool Moms. I can't wait to share those with you. Um, as you can see, when I planned um, homeschooling and I planned for my year, I do that with my podcast as well. I have a great team of ladies that help me. Uh, so we kind of brainstorm some ideas. But it has been uh, such a blessing to homeschool my children. They uh, really enjoyed homeschooling. I was blessed. I didn't have kids that wanted to go to school because we made our home the focal point, a place where people could come and be welcomed. And also, we made mistakes. There were times I lost it with the kids, and I just said, you know what? Everyone is, is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, so guess what? We're going to close the books, we're going to take this time, and we're going to just work on practicing good behavior, and we did. So there are times that we all have meltdowns and we all lose it, parents, but let me just tell you that I am very happy to say that um, while homeschooling was hard at times, it has been a blessing in my life, and I pray that it's a blessing in yours as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode again. And you can find the show notes on the website at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Look for episode 359, All About Teaching, Insider Must Know Information for Homeschoolers. Take care. God bless. Do not feel guilty. Guilt is not part of homeschooling. It is not allowed from one mom to another. And I hope to see you soon. Be sure to share this episode with a friend and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app that you use to listen to this show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.